Hi and hello, watch fans, and welcome to a very special edition of the Real Time Show. I'm joined by the friendly neighborhood jeweler, Alan Ben Joseph, calling in all the way from Amsterdam, while I, Rob Nuts, the friendly neighborhood watchmaker, am calling to you from snowy, snowy Dresden. Today, we have approached our mailbag, but discovered within it a question that is so expansive, we've decided to make it the entire focus of today's episode. It is from Gary, one of our most dedicated listeners and followers in the TRTS network on our WhatsApp chat. So, Gary asks, actually, good morning, Alan. How are you? <laughs> Hello, buddy. Good to have you. It's good that you kicked off because we have a lot of ground to cover. You're absolutely right. We do have a lot of ground to cover because Gary's question is as follows. Alan and Rob both have to name 10 current Swatch Group products that they would genuinely buy at retail if offered to them tomorrow, and they have to pay for them with their own money. Okay, there are not allowed to be multiples, so you're only allowed one Moon Swatch, one PRX, and one Speedmaster. However, it's worth noting that Gary does not prevent us from choosing more than one watch from each brand. Am I right? Correct, and you know we love games, so join us in this game while you're listening, if you like to, or play it afterwards, join the TRTS network and share your 10 picks. So we're going to run down the brands within the Swatch Group, when you go to swatchgroup.com, you'll see that they own 17 brands. For argument's sake, from the 17 brands, are there already a few brands that don't even deserve a consideration in your voting game, your choosing game of 10 models from the Swatch Group? Yeah, it's a good question, actually, because you could have forced us to choose one model from each brand, for example, or one model from our top 10 brands. But what he's done here is just asked us to pick our 10 favorite Swatch Group products. So theoretically, they could all come from one brand. I know that's not going to be the case, but I do know straight away, as you rightly questioned, Alon, yes, there are some brands that will not even get a look in. I'm not even going to bother opening up their website. Now, 17 brands in front of us. There's Breguet, Harry Winston, Blancpain, Glacier de Original, Jacques Edro, Leon Hatteau, Omega, Longines, Rado, Union Glassuta, Tissot, Bauman, Satina, Mido, Hamilton, Swatch, and Flick Flack. So, right off the top, I'm getting rid of Leon Hato. I am getting rid of Bauman. I am getting rid of Union. I'm getting rid of Mido. And I'm going to get rid of Harry Winston. I might leave Jacques Edro lying around a little longer because. Although I really like Jacques Joe as a brand, the price point is just it's out of my reach. So in fairness, the question is, I buy with my own money, so I guess I have to be able to afford it. So Jacques Joe has gone. Um, Breguet is also gone for that reason, which is brutal because I love Breguet. And that's as far as my cull is going to go at this point. So I have allowed myself to choose from Blancpain, Glacetut Original, Omega Longines, Rado, Tissot, Satina, Hamilton, Swatch, and Flick Flack. Okay, what about you? So before I answer your question, if I'm correct, a nice guide is what do you already own from Swatch Group? So if I'm not mistaken, you own a Glacet Original, you own an Omega. I'm not quite confident if you have a Longine, and I'm quite sure you have a Swatch.
says it all. So for me, I own a lot of Amiga, vintage and new, loads, few Longines. I am very proud that the old CEO of Hamilton, Sylvain Dola, that's currently the CEO of Tissot, once gave me in Hamilton. So I'm a proud owner, which I'll never let go. And I've I've owned the Breguet, but don't have it anymore. Owned the Blanc, don't have it anymore. And obviously, hundreds of swatches. So that's it for me from the swatch group. What would I eliminate immediately? Leon Hato, Balmain. I wouldn't wear Flick Fluck now, but obviously both my kids, their first ever watch was a Flick Fluck gifted by the country manager of Swatch Group Netherlands. So shout out to them and they wear them. I bought them swatches. So that's their first watch I bought them. Now, Mido Certina Union Glassute immediately fall off. I'm actually maybe going to throw you a curveball. There might be a Rado in my top 10. And Harry Winston, which I love as a jeweler, there is no watch for a man that I would consider. So that one is eliminated as well. That's it for me, Rob. Pretty solid. I mean, it's pretty close to mine, I guess. I mean, for similar reasons. Obviously, there are some pricing concerns. We're trying to answer this question realistically and not give ourselves like theoretically unlimited budgets that would allow us to just go crazy. We want to try and give Gary a real answer that we can discuss in the network. Now, I've left Flick Flack in there and I'm not going to try to I'm not trying to convince you to change your position on it here, but I did notice that the question didn't say that I had to buy the watch for myself. So, it's with my own money, a product I would buy. Now, if I'm approaching this question realistically, I'm going to approach it with value in mind. So, I am going to say, "Oh, I would buy with this budget and i won't go crazy and buy 10 flick flacks that seems like it's cheating and falls foul of the rules but i would buy a flick flack for one of the younger people in my life like my nephew for example or my goddaughter she hasn't got a flick flack and i'd love to get her a watch to get her into watchmaking so that will be one of my choices yeah i guarantee i haven't decided which one yet but how about you start pick any brand any watch from the swatch group that you would buy tomorrow with your own money if we're playing this game I'm maybe going to give an answer that sometimes are two watches. So within the Swatch Group, for me, the most epic brand is obviously Omega. And or actually, I'm saying obviously, but it's not because Breguet deserves that title as well. But the sweet spot in luxury, so it's really luxury, it's hard luxury, it is a high ticket value, but not expensive. Great value for money is Omega. Now, because I own that many Omegas, now for me as a consumer, I'm really eyeing a Breguet Tradition. So the first brand I'll go to is Breguet. And I love Type 20s as well. So I even have two on my wish list. So, but that being said, if I didn't own any Swatch Group brand or an Omega, I would immediately buy a Moonwatch. Hodinki said it many years ago. Fratello obviously invented Speedy Tuesday, so they love Moonwatches, but I agree with both of them. Every collector should at least have or had a 
Moonwatch in their collection and experience it. So I stand with that idea, notion, philosophy, or strategy choice. Uh, full disclosure, I own more Speedmaster than I own fingers on my hands. So I'm not objective. That has to be said. So I'm jumping to Breguet. Now, I do not love the new Breguet Type 20s simply because of the date. So I have an issue now. So I had the predecessor, so the previous Type 20, that today is gone. So I don't know what to do. I guess that in this question, we can't deviate to pre-owned, can we, Rob? Or do we need to buy new? Oh, we definitely need to buy new. Absolutely. Okay. From the catalog. So people could go online tomorrow without any discount, without any insights, uh, contacts that can provide you with availability for models. It should be something that is pretty much certainly available. Perhaps not immediately. One or two pieces might be limited or might be boutique only. But as long as people can go out and follow our, our advice, if they do so wish, and pick up the watches that we recommend, that's fine. Okay. All right. So that leaves me with one option, and that's the Tradition 7047. So that's it. I'm not going to go for Type 20 if I have to go new, off the shelf, or off the click, as they say. So it's maybe the most simple Tradition there is, and it's a white gold one. The, the hour and minutes are positioned at the 7 o'clock, and the balance wheel is around 1 o'clock. I love the asymmetry there. I love white gold. And that's the one I would go for. Very good. Very good. I mean, I can't fault it. That's a, a brilliant choice. It's it's not the kind of money I'd put down on a Breguet. Um, but I appreciate the choice. And I guess I will follow it with not the most expensive model, that I'm going to have in my top 10, but probably the second most expensive or the third most expensive around that price point. And it's it's low-hanging fruit. I have to get out of the way because everybody knows that this model is going to be on my list because I've bought this model before, albeit in a different color. I am, of course, talking about the Glassiter Original 70s Chronograph Panorama Datum. Uh, but this time, instead of the vibing orange that frequently adorns my wrist in real life, I'm going to take the Golden Bay version. That's the sort of off yellow musty color dial with black subdials. Reference number 137021402263 with a price point of 15,600 euros on the rubber strap, which would be my preference. I would buy that in a heartbeat if I didn't already have a 70s chronograph panorama datum in my collection. And I have even considered buying more than one, but my girlfriend does not approve of that choice. So that's my first one. I had to get out of the way because it's a model I wholeheartedly believe in. It's a model I bought in cash without discount. I was very fortunate to get one of those 100 pieces and I am very proud to own it and enjoy wearing it regularly. It's completely knackered now, by the way. It's totally scratched to hell, which I uh, I finally learned to love. <laughs> what would be your second pick? I'm not saying brand. What second watch are you buying from the Swatch Group? Is it another glass of Dolginal? Or are you jumping brands? Well, you put me on the spot here. I will jump brands and I will go for a model of similar value. Another heavy hitter, 
a model that I've actually not even seen in the flesh yet because it's so hard to find in boutiques around the world. And that is the new Omega Ploprof, the 75th anniversary edition with the gradient blue dial, but most importantly with the resized case. Now that is a model I would absolutely stand by. I know it's not for everybody. It's a bit of a weirdo and I'm not trying to push my personal adoration of it on anybody, but I do think that for 15,500, so just 100 euros less than the Glassatura Canal, you're getting a very cool watch, a really, really nice execution of a model that for me still has better things to come. Thus far, this is the best thing on the market. Interesting. Very interesting. I'm going to second brand, which is Blomper. And I, I've said it on air many times. I regret the fact that they don't have the Villeray Mono Pusher chronograph. For me, the OG Jean-Claude Biver Blancpain was the toned down dress watches complications. But today, all the Villerays have Roman numerals. And those that have been listening to the show know that's a, a no-go for me so i guess that i'll go for 50 fathoms but unfortunately the whole swatch collab thing is putting me off but the batiscafe in titanium is a watch that i've been eyeing for quite some time so it's the 5000 reference and then the 1210 iteration, which you can order in a buckled strap that's textile, a NATO strap that's textile, or full titanium watch. has a great dial, very understated, um, always appealed to me, and it still does. And it's something that's really on my wish list, that if I had to go modern Blancpain today, that's the only watch I... I will and still consider but hefty price tag and that's the only reason i don't have it especially if we need to abide to the rules to stick to new no discount interesting choice i might revisit that brand myself later on but i'm gonna stick momentarily with omega get another omega out there this is a model or in the model family that i have probably most frequently extol the virtues of and that is the seamaster diver 300m family i do have to say i now believe that the 300m value is reducing significantly as omega steps up the price heftily it's becoming obvious that the goals are to move these watches closer and closer to submariner prices because they are eminently available and maybe in people's minds the most likely brand alternative to Rolex if Rolex is what you set out to get. What Omega are doing here is quite clever with their release strategy. I don't know if it's become obvious to everyone else yet, but I seem to think that what they're doing is releasing special editions of the watches at a higher price point and then creeping up the regular collection to that original price point, then releasing another special edition at a higher price point and then creeping up the regular collection there. And I'm looking at models like, for example, the new limited edition 75 year seamaster 300m 
and it's on a rubber strap for six and a half thousand euros. A couple of years back, that would have been two thousand euros lighter. The Seamaster Diver three hundred M Necton, which is was released around five eight six two, is now up to seven three on the rubber strap. Now, this is not something I can really ignore. Now, these watches that were, I believe underpriced are now maybe even slightly overpriced but perhaps around the price they should have been all along in the context of the industry what that means however is it leaves their more complicated models the chronograph specifically a little bit more affordable relatively speaking than the time only models so my choice here is the seamaster diver 300m 44 millimeter steel on rubber strap black dial black bezel chronograph 9,000 euros recommended retail price, including VAT where I am here in Germany. So that'll vary around the world slightly, but you have the nice rubber strap there. It's got a signed Omega buckle. It's got a see-through case back with a coaxial 9900 movement inside it. You get all of the styling of the Seamaster Diver 300M, but you get a little bit more functionality and a watch that is a little bit off the beaten track not many people have these and i think it's an underrated superstar of the collection and that is a watch i'd gladly buy with my own money lovely lovely omega is getting a lot of love there and i would probably should would and should jump there but i'm not i'm making a sidestep i'm going to a brand that's very dear to you and i maybe don't speak about it a lot but i love glassuta okidan because i love almost everything glassuta and obviously, because you live near there and are often there, it makes it even more special for me. So, all kidding aside, I always loved the 60s collection. And actually, their original piece, or the one that I've revamped, is a three-hander dress watch with this delicious font for the 12, 3, 6, and 9. And they make specials. So, in the current collection... I would go for the steel version with blue dial. The reference is rather long. It's 139520602 Retails today at 7,300, including VAT. 39 millimeters, delicious watch. And this is something that's actually high on my list. And I've never owned a glass to Oginan. Always loved the Senator Cosmopolite. Beautiful watch. And one of the few watches that doesn't have Roman numerals, so it has Arabic numbers on the white dial. My only problem is it's 44 millimeters. But otherwise, a watch I highly recommend checking out. So this is a little shout out to Glassetta Ogina. So Rob, where are you jumping after so much love for Omega? Still sticking to the brand? No, I'm going to give them a little break at this point. They will feature once more at least in this rundown, but I'm going to go for a brand that we discussed earlier, a brand which probably will surprise people to find on my list, but it's Flick Flack. And I'm going to buy a watch with my own money. I'm going to spend, let me see how much it is. I think it's like 40 euros, 44 euros, including Mehrwertsteuer. I'm going to buy a watch for my goddaughter, and it's called... Flick Flack Color My Life Shades of Rainbow. Now, I've picked this particular model as a pink translucent case and a rainbow gradient fabric strap because it is probably the most, I would say, if not unisex, neutral 
of the watches they have in the collection at the moment. A lot of the watches they have have sparkly diamonds on the dial, and she's a bit of an adventurous young lady. So I think this would be a suitable one for her, and it would go with all of her outfits because it has pretty much every color on it. And for 44 euros, buying into the whole flick flack learn to tell the time culture is an absolute bargain. And I think that's money well spent. So if you're thinking of buying a young watch fan or a soon to be watch fan a watch for Christmas, remember you can get free delivery on flick flacks. You've got secure online checkout and you have a possibility of returning within 14 days if you buy one for a child that decides they do not like them. So just keep that in mind when you are doing your Christmas shopping this year. Also, for the eco-conscious among you, the armband material is now recycled PET plastic. And then we have, for the case material, of course, bio-based artificial materials. So, that's my choice. Flick Flack, Shades of Rainbow. I'm jumping to Omega. And I already have that many moon watches and speedies. But you can't get enough. I actually have now, in back order, three models. But... I guess the regulations stipulate I can choose only one from each family. Is that correct? Multiple from a brand, but one from a family. Is that correct, Rob? Yeah, I think that's correct. I hope I didn't break that rule with the Plo Prof and the 300M. <laughs> I think I think they're different families, really. One's heritage and one's dive. Yeah. So. Technically, they're subfamilies, so I'll, I'll give you that. That's why I shut up. I let you go. Okay, thanks. But you know what? I'm just going to call them out. Obviously, I have a Snoopy in back order for I don't know how many years. And an Ed White. So these all fall into the same subfamily of the Speedmaster family. And the gold one as well. So if I had to pick one of the three, I've said it several times on air. My brother and I always said when we turn 40, we want to gift each other a gold watch on a gold bracelet, preferably yellow gold. And we're racking our brain for quite some time. But the Moonwatch Professional in Moonshine Gold, with for me the gold dial and the black subdials, is really, really a contender. So today I would pay retail for that watch. So this is something I would really, really consider. Um, for those that want to see an image, it's reference 310642. Five zero double nine double zero two. Hefty price tag in Europe forty eight thousand four hundred in VAT. But I hear you all thinking, why don't you go for a day date? And that's something that I'm considering. Funnily enough, I don't consider a gold Daytona versus the gold Speedy. Strangely enough, but I would consider a day date fully yellow gold with a champagne dial. So those are my two picks. And I ha- I'm thinking of some other models. I would love some help from the network and you listeners. Please send us a message. What what you think I should buy that's fully gold. And you can deviate to pink, red gold, white gold as well. Or platinum for that matter. Precious metal. Rob, what's your next pick? Well, talking of... Luxury materials, I'm going to step it all the way back to Swatch. And I am going to pick up a Moon Swatch, which might seem like old hat by this point, And, you know, certainly not the most current thing, because I know the Blancpain 50 Fathoms collection is sitting there and I don't own one of those yet. But I just don't 
like it. I just don't think it's well executed. I'm not sure if I think the idea was good. I think off the top of my head and in my heart, I think it was bad and unnecessary and a bit of a reach and it felt like a bit of a cash grab. And I don't think it's been as successful for Swatch and Blancpain as they might have hoped and certainly not generated the kind of positive press that I think the Moonswatch did ultimately when we all calmed down a little bit after the initial shock to the system. But I bought a Moonswatch. I actually bought two. I still have one of them. I have the Jupiter. I didn't like the Neptune, so I gave it to my brother and I kept the Jupiter and I put it on a decent strap. I put it on a Terry crafted strap, a brown leather rally strap, and I put a proper Omega buckle on it as well. So it's a slightly tooled up version of the standard Jupiter, but those original straps are crap. You know, they're just for the bin the minute you get them. So you might as well get rid of those and buy something quality if you're going to wear a moon swatch, something with which I have absolutely no problem, obviously, because I'm about to decide which one I will make my second piece. So the contenders for me are the mission to Mars, which always stood out as a very interesting one to have, the mission to Uranus, because it's a beautiful color, and possibly even the mission to the moon, because it's just a very nice standard watch. If I'm not allowed to recommend a watch I already have bought with my own money, because if I were to say to someone, go out and buy this moon swatch, I would recommend the Jupiter on a brown leather strap. I will say the Mars is going to get my cash this time and i'll probably wear it on a red rubber strap i've seen people do this it looks pretty cool it looks totally different from the moon swatch i have already and for less than 300 euros that's a cool watch thank you for that now something that i dare to say every watch collector should also own and and the answer i give people that ask me Hey, top of your mind, what watch should somebody buy that wants to experience the first mechanical watch? I always go to the Hamilton Keiki Field Mechanical 38mm. Steel case, black dial. It comes with a NATO strap, goes perfectly with a leather strap. Today, you can buy them on a steel strap. I don't know why, but the website is showing me Swiss francs. Today, it's 550 Swiss francs, including that. Steel strap is only 660. Love that watch. Um, That's the next Hamilton. I'm definitely buying. Easy peasy. Next, Rob. Funny thing about the khaki. It is, I think, probably totally impossible to disagree with the value of that piece. Totally impossible to disagree with your choice also. And yet, I would not buy it myself. And the reason for that is quite simple, although it took me a long time to get there in my own mind. I thought the Hamilton khaki field is a great, great value piece. It's a wonderful entry point. I've pointed many people in the direction of it myself, and I stand by that recommendation, but I only stand by it for a certain point in your career. It's when you're stepping up from, let's say you've gone from a swatch once again, you splash some cash on the Omega Swatch, Moon Swatch collaboration. That really got you into the idea of proper watchmaking. That's when you buy the Hamilton. That's when you move into that realm. But now, for me, despite it being one of the best value watches on the market, it has no attraction whatsoever. I wouldn't go out and spend 600, 700 euros on a watch, even if it were the best value thing by a mile, by twice as much as everything around it. I wouldn't do it because it doesn't feature in my collecting pathway anymore. It's not valuable to me. It isn't a watch that I don't have better watches to stand in for. 
So for example, I've got a Laventure Submarine. It's a watch that retailed for about 2,700 francs when it was around. That watch would always be on my wrist when I would have the opportunity to wear the Hamilton. And so the Hamilton wouldn't even get a look in. It doesn't matter that it's good value. Its value is no longer valuable to me. So just wanted to say that because of course it's a great watch. Since you said Hamilton, I'll stick with Hamilton. I'll talk about a watch I would buy. It is exceptional value. But the reason why this one gets the nod for me is because it's, its aesthetics are really what put it over the top and make it a watch that I would be happy to have in my collection because I have nothing else like it. And that's the Hamilton American Classic Intramatic Chronograph H. That's the hand-wound version. And I prefer reference H3842910, which has a cream dial, black subdials, and really beautifully paired back text on the dial. Just says Hamilton between 12 and center, and then mechanical between six and center. And I'd get it on the bracelet. That's the reference number I've given to you because it's only 80 francs more than getting it on the leather strap. And I would assume that buying the bracelet separately thereafter would be more expensive than buying it on the bracelet and then buying an aftermarket strap to go with it because you don't need the black leather Hamilton strap. In fact, I'd probably say swerve it and get something from Hirsch from your local jewelers and stick it on that because it's going to look just fine. Okay, that is my first Hamilton piece. There'll be a few more, but what about you? What's coming up next? From my Hamilton, I jumped to Longin. Longin used to be crazy value for money. They are filling the gap that Omega is leaving behind by moving up market and raising their pricing. I dare to say crazily. So Longin is becoming not that affordable anymore. But one model that I will pay any amount that Longin asks for is the Legend Diver. They just revamped the Longin Legend Diver. Love that watch. Doesn't it remind you of our first TRTS collab, bro? Well, yeah. I mean, it's a compressor-style case, isn't it? And I absolutely love them. And it's a great-looking piece. It really is, and still relatively good value, despite what Longines has been doing, as you correctly identify. So what's yours? What's my Longines? No, your next pick. Well, it's from Longines. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Actually, I'm kidding. I'm going to tell you why I'm for it. We actually did not prepare this, guys and girls listening. We are really doing this on the fly. I had the flagship heritage model lined up to be one of my picks. And it was the 11th out of 10. It was the watch I had to get rid of. Because even though I love the watch, I love it on the wrist. I've had it on the wrist many, many times. I never bought it. And I never bought it when it was a hell of a lot cheaper than it is today. Now, this watch is 2,000 euros. It's no longer the stunning proposition it was. Even three or four or five years ago, this watch has now got to a point where I'm looking around thinking, okay, I want something cool. I want something from a period. I want something that people are going to respect and that isn't going to break the bank. I'm going back to Hamilton. I'm going all the way back to Hamilton and I'm going to pick up, and you probably won't believe this, I'm going to pick up the Hamilton Ventura Quartz, 32.3 millimeters by 50.3 millimeters, an absolute classic made most famous by the wrist of Elvis Presley, retailing still for just 875 francs. Now, is that a lot for quartz? Yeah, you could argue it is. For some brands like Breitling, it's a drop in the ocean. For me, this is an iconic piece, one of the very few non-round, non-square, non-symmetrical watches available. It has stood the test of time. 
and I am very much behind it. So that's my next pick, the Ventura Quartz from Hamilton. Excellent, excellent pick. You know that, honestly, in the mid-tier or the entry level within the group, I'm super excited about Hamilton. I mean, Tissot is there. It's the, maybe the best bang for your buck that you can get from Switzerland and definitely within the Swatch group. Love Tissot. Um, but, but Hamilton is maybe more fun because price points, I think they're rather similar, but has more character. So great pick, Rob. Well done. So now I actually wanted to buy a Jacques Edo. I've had that watch dangling at the bottom of my wish list slash wrist list. And I, I love that uh, you could draw an eight, let's say, on the dial. So there's a lot of real estate open. You know what I mean? I discussed the Arnold the Sun that, that fills the void that Jacques Edo leaves behind. But when you go to jacquetdraw.com, jacquet-draw.com, you can't even click on a watch let alone buy a watch. You can't even find reference numbers. And then I remembered the new CEO did a 180. They want to move away from all this classical stuff. They don't want retailers anymore. They want to run boutiques. And they just want to make crazy pieces. So as far as me logging in from the Netherlands on their website, I can't see any watch. So sorry, Jacques I'm not buying one in this guessing game. So going for my seventh pick, I'm going to Tissot. And I want to love the PRX. And that has been a sensational hit, but I'm not. And I own several Tissots, including a T-Touch when it came out. And I had the Navigate. And I kind of miss the Navigate. I don't know if you remember that. World Timer Navigator was called. Do you remember that model? Yeah, I do. Yeah, a bit underrated, to be honest. Exactly. And it had this Patek vibes. Um, I don't think they make it anymore. So I think that I would just buy a tradition, the most basic dress watch there is. Because um, if I have a meeting where I want to tone it down, fully sued up, just want a three-hand watch. And I don't want to wear my Pateks. And I don't want anybody to see or recognize anything. Then I would go for the Tissot Chemine de Tourelle. It's a Powermatic 80, 39 millimeters, has arrow hands, indexes, just a lot of bang for your money. And if you want to spend less, I would say below the 500. Then a little tip, consider the Tissot every time, systematic, 40 millimeters, 495 in euros. So if you really want a killer dress watch, consider Tissot. If you want to start off your collection with an integrated bracelet, consider PRX. So this is a little shout out to Tissot. Rob, what's your... I believe you're on the seventh or eighth pick. Yeah, I guess I must be on the eighth pick because I have three more to go. And it's funny you should talk about Tissot also because I'm also looking at the Tissot homepage right now. 
And it's funny you should talk about the PRX because I thought, well, obviously, these days, you've got to say it's a Tissel PRX that you put your money down on, right? Wrong. Absolutely wrong. Fantastic watch. Brilliant amount of options. Great that they do quartz. Great that they do automatic. I absolutely love it. I think that the concept is great. However, neither of the models sizes, 35 or the 40, really sit that well on my wrist. I want the 35 to be the one, but it's very boxy. The problem is when you drop down the diameters of this design to 35 mil, it's an absolute chunk. It's the same problem that the Zenith A384, which is probably my favorite El Primero powered Zenith watch, has, is that it, when it's that small, when it's that narrow in diameter, it does stand up a little bit on the wrist. And so I would be pushed towards the 40 millimeter quartz version, if I'm being totally honest. But again, it's just not right for me. It doesn't sit on the wrist. And so I'm going back to Hamilton. Talking of sizing, my favorite slash second favorite film of all time is Interstellar. When it came out, I wanted to buy the Murph because the Murph played an important part in the plot of the film. This is a watch given by Matthew McConaughey's character to his daughter, Murph, so that she can remember him and he uses it in the film to communicate to her across time and space. The original, however, was too big for my wrist and I think a bit too big for everyone's wrist because Hamilton did the unexpected and released a 38mm version of the khaki field Murph. It's now 870 francs. It's a gorgeous looking watch. You don't have to be a fan of the film to want this watch, but that 4mm drop in sizing down from 42mm while retaining the HN automatic movement, which boasts an 80-hour power reserve, is an absolute home run decision in my opinion, and it's a watch that I would happily buy tomorrow. The only thing I wish it came with was the original box, which looked like a Paul Smith box for anyone that hasn't seen the film, but it was actually a nod to the, was it the Tesseract? Is that what they call it? I always forget what they call these things in the movie. Me too. I don't know. Sorry. Pretty sure it's the Tesseract. It was. It looks like the Tesseract, so it's like a uh, intergalactic library. <laughs> nice one. Epic watch. Important watch. Cool that you picked that. I love that you're adding panache and character to your collection because do you notice what I'm doing? I'm going down the classic route. But for pick 8, 9, and 10, I'm going to run it through quickly. I'm going back to my roots. And my roots is 1983. I was four years old. I was gifted a swatch by my parents. And that created a buzz and a spark in my mind. Then a G-Shock shortly after. And it was a sexy, plexi, fantastic plastic. It, 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 that did it for me. And ever since, swatch dominated my life. I've, I've, I own hundreds. I have them hanging on my walls as art. I have the maxi swatches. Do you remember them? The, the bigger than life swatches you could hang on your wall longer than two meters. Um, yeah. I have the Mendini Tower. Uh, I have uh, the pop uh, swatches, the vegetables, the Keith Herrings, the Tourbillon, the Platinum, Diamonds, everything, everything. And still today, I can't shake that urge to buy swatches. And and I hardly wear them, but once in a while, I, I, I wear one. And uh, the most recent one I bought was the Tel Aviv edition during my summer holiday there. I can resist as a souvenir. And just before that, I bought two moon swatches, but I stopped at two because on air we discussed it. On the second day, I wore my first one. The pusher broke off. So that 
did something to me that it's not a God I watch, go anywhere, do anything, watch. So I don't like to be careful with watches. I like sturdy watches. So I hardly put them into my rotation. I don't like the Velcro straps. Uh, one, I put an original NATO by Omega, which is almost as expensive as the whole watch. But I don't know, it doesn't work for me. And and uh, my colleague gave me an aftermarket rubber strap that integrates great in the lugs to the case. But I don't know. I don't feel it. Now, I've said several times that I'm letting go the Blancpain Swatch Collab. But you know what? I, I can't. I almost <laughs> pulled the trigger in London. I was uh, doing a retail safari and I I did it. And then I... I I did some major buying already, so I let it go. But I am quite confident I'm going to buy one. And just for the sake of experiencing it and them, I have a System 51 Swatch. I bought the first one that was with the 51 stars on the dial, the Constellation. It's the blue one. I don't know if you remember that translucent case. Now... I've been thinking about which one should I buy. I guess I'll go for the Antarctic Ocean. So it's the gray one with the old school logo. I love the Blancpain logo on there. And the the, the, the half gray, a light gray logo bowl. So that's my pick, my eight pick. And then Swatch, I have this OCD tendencies since I bought a city edition. How can I not buy the Amsam edition, right? So that is the next watch or the second I'm buying. And it's it's, it's going to come because around my office, they just opened another Swatch boutique. So that's the one I'm buying. Now I do, if the Amsam edition wasn't there, I would have gone back to the roots of Swatch, which is the GB743-S26. That's the OG monochrome swatch today at 60 euros. And that's the watch I recommend everybody to buy if they don't care about watches. They have only one watch and hand it in for service. Or if they want a design icon. There I use the term icon, which we've discussed on air extensively. So that's the OG black version, white dial black numbers and it has a day date function that's today a bit yin yang the date is black and the day disc is white but that almost fits the same strategy or advice as the hamilton khaki or the tissot classic models is one that can't miss in your collection or had to be once in your collection so and then i'm going to round it up quickly rob if you don't mind my 10th pick And actually, you gave me that idea. I didn't think of buying watches in this game to give away, but obviously flick flags because I do so. I give kids, friends, families, or flick flags like my kids got a flick flag. So up until the age of, let's say, seven, six, seven, you're safe to buy them flick flags in case you want to give a child, a kid, family member, a watch, Jump to Swatch is my advice if they're six, seven, eight. But if they're younger and you can't start young enough, get them a flick flag. Cool tip. You can personalize flick flag watches. So 
That is my rundown. Rob, I'm very curious how you're going to end this game. Well, you surprised me somewhat there by rattling off three choices. So I have two to go. Having been ahead, I now have to catch up and I will do so by dropping very quickly my third and final Omega, the Speedmaster Moonwatch Professional 42mm Steel on Steel. That new bracelet is a thing of beauty. Hesselite crystal, closed case back, covered in all that really cool functional engraving is the choice for me. I think 7,600 euros is a lot. It's more than I would like to pay, but I would pay it because I do think the improvements to the recent edition of the Speedmasters are tangible. And I think that, yeah, they're probably up to where they should be now. But please, Omega, please, 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 no further. Let's get some variations on this. Please grant Fratello a third Speedy Tuesday. The community demands and deserves it. That's my ninth choice. My last choice, I will go where I haven't gone before to the extreme luxury level, and I will buy from Blancpain. There is only one Blancpain that I would buy with my own money, and it would take a lot of it. It would take 36,700 euros. Now, I don't have 36,700 euros available in cash tomorrow, but I have considered selling a number of my watches to attain that value so I can buy this particular watch for myself for my 40th, which is in just over a year and a half. So like you, Elon, I like to mark certain moments with a watch, and I think 40 years old is a good time to go gold. And that means I'm heading for the Villaray collection. And my 10th choice and my most luxurious pick by more than double is the Simania Grandate 8 Jour. So the week, big date, eight days. Eight days is a power reserve. It has uh, the weeks of the year indication around the outside of the Dawas. That's what the Semania means. That's one to 53 around the outside indicated by that lovely blued hand and the big date at six o'clock. Now, one of the fine things about these Villaray dials is they are enameled. And if you look closely at the sub dial showing the day of the week, you'll see it's dished. And I know from many private conversations with Lewis Heath from enameling experts and ordain that dished enamel dials are no mean feat to achieve. So this is a piece that I think feeds into my background as a watchmaker, my early love of Blancpain when I was training, actually a, a brand that I really admired in those days and went a little cool on since, but I'm growing back in love with. I think that it's a good one for the age that I'm talking about. And I think that it's a fine place to end this rundown. What are your thoughts on that, Alon? Dear Gary, thank you so much for asking this question and for turning it into such a fun game. And then later on, he extended the question by saying, guys, run with it and now do it for all the other groups, including Richemore, LVMH, Caring, etc., etc." So, Rob, I think we should end this episode, but should we play it again? Absolutely, we should. So thanks for the suggestion, Gary. It's going to lead to a great many in-depth conversations about the best products offered by these major luxury groups. And if anyone else in the network or beyond has suggestions of shows like this that we could run with them, please do get in touch. You can contact us primarily on our new Instagram channel at therealtime.show. Alon and I are also on Instagram at either R-O-B-N-U-D-D-S or A-L-O-N-B-E-N-J-O-S-E-P-H. Or you can contact us via email, either Rob or Alon at therealtime.show or via the contact form on the website, www.therealtime.show. We'll be back soon with an interview with one of Watchmaking's finest. Until then, stay safe and keep on ticking.